Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across the Faith FM, the Faith FM network. I'll get there yet. What network was that, Lyle? <laughs> the Faith <laughs> FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. This is The Breakfast Show, and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. How are you today? I am fantastic today, as yeah. always. Yeah, what are you grateful for this morning? I'm grateful for... My welder. Oh, your welder. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the coolest thing ever. Oh, by the way, did you know there's an emoji of a little welder man? <laughs> Actually, little, no, I didn't know yeah, that. I only found it I last night. It it. I was so excited because my housemate is a boiler maker, so I sent him, you know, little. <laughs> he's very pleased. He didn't know either. There's actually a little uh, welder girl and a little welder boy, and they have like, a little torch. Oh, okay, so but equal wha- opportunities here. It's yeah, good yeah. to see. But why are you. Have you, have you ever done welding? No. You never have. You have You have not lived until you have done welding. <laughs> Maybe this is why I'm not as excited about it as you are. Like, okay, okay, okay. But you get to produce fire and work <laughs> with electricity and you produce heat that is so hot that it melts yeah, steel. Definitely a boy thing. Smoke comes off it. It sizzles. And then you get the best part, which is the end where you pick it up um, and dunk it in cold water and... I knew from the moment you said, you get to create fire, that this would be a dude thing. <laughs> well, uh, I have, you would actually have fun with this, Mon. You would have fun with this. Uh, one, of the, one of these days, either uh, myself or your housemate are going to teach you some welding. Look, I'm up for the challenge. I'd, I'd totally give it a go. I'd give anything a go at least once. I mean, you know, with um, parameters. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll learn knitting if you learn welding. How about that? You are so on. <laughs> Shake across the desk. Yes. Right, and P.S. No. it's crochet, not knitting. But um, Whatever. I'm actually All grateful that my housemate is A-OK because uh, he bumped his head, really did a good job of bumping his head on the weekend, got dizzy, headaches over the last few days. And uh, last night, um, finally agreed to let me drive him to the doctors and we got it all sorted out. And thankfully, in a very short period of time, you'd think late night doctors would be a massive queue, but we got there and home and all said and done within an hour, I think. So it was great. But this actually wasn't last night. It wasn't last night. Who no. knows what night it was? Yeah, because this is the delayed broadcast. So we don't know when you're hearing this one. But if you would like to hear the live show, which of course everybody wants to hear, mm-hmm. um, that way you can participate in all the fun that happens, faithfm.com.au, press play is your answer. Or what's the other way? You can just uh, download the TuneIn app, which is a wonderful app. You can download it for free. won't cost you anything. Search for Faith FM Australia, add us to your favourites, and then press play there. And that one's really great because, you know, you can have it on your phone or whatever your, your mobile device is and you can plug in your aux, you can play it through your Bluetooth, you can have it in your pocket, in your headset. It's endless opportunities and you can listen to it anywhere on the planet. That's and it's thing. a perfect signal. A perfect signal every time. Doesn't need to mess around with the scratchy stuff either. Anyway, stay tuned. There's more great programming coming up and we are going to talk about mutant mosquitoes.
Welcome back. You were listening to Stones of Eden with Walk Amongst the Trees. And if you'd like to listen to that group sing on a more regular basis, just come and join us at Maitland Seventh-day Adventist Church on a Saturday morning. And Brad and Donna are regular worship leaders there. Uh, so that's and, and of course, that's my church. That's where uh, uh, Mon and I and the, uh, the current breakfast show team worship. Mm. Well, Mon, what have we got for our quiz clue this morning? Apparently, there's, we've already got two up on social media. Yes, one was been up since yesterday. And nobody's got it yet. Well, you never know. They might be waiting for us to start the show so we, okay. they can call in. Right. But Oh, and just P.S. Maitland is also where we're going to have our waffle breakfast. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Meet the breakfast show host. Meet the breakfast show team with a waffle breakfast. Yeah, waffles made by Mon. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a what book am I quiz. And the first clue is so weird and I love it. But this is what the first clue is. This book records a battle where the forest killed more people than the sword killed. Mm. Is that a blank face I'm getting from Lyle? Okay. Yeah, I got it down to three books. Okay, well, don't tell us, don't tell us any more details. If you think you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. That's 1-800-324-843. If you can call me and tell me the answer before Lyle figures it out, we'll give you double prizes. Well, Mon, what have we got in positively different news this morning? Oh, I have such good news. I was actually like tearing up sitting here and I was just trying to get it together before we went back on air because one of these stories is so sweet and beautiful. But before we do them, because I anticipate that we'll end up talking about them for quite a while, I want to show you another one of those what the fluff challenges. You know how they, the, they get the dog owners, they get the blanket and they hold the blanket up in front of their faces and then they sort of, you know, put the blanket up and down so the dog can see that they're behind the blanket. Let's, let's just call it a fluff challenge. Okay, whatever. And then at this last second, they like, throw the blanket up in the air. And then as the blanket is airborne, they duck behind a wall. And then when the blanket falls to the ground, the dog's like, oh, where'd my owner go? They just vanish into thin air. <laughs> and, uh, and I showed you last week a video um, of a cat uh, doing this challenge. Uh-huh. And the cat ended up, out of all the videos we've seen, being the most responsive. And the cat just like tried jumped to, up out of its bed. crawl through the wall. Yeah, it was like attacking the wall where it thought the owner was. Started like hunting the house down, was mewing and mewing and mewing for its owner. And it just, it made us look a bit silly because, you know, we often put cats down on the show. <laughs> but this cat, you know. I'm a dog person. Clearly had uh, care for its owner. I have another one to show you. Oh, this, time, this, one's the, this one's a sulfur-crested cocky. It's a cockatoo doing it. Yep. Look at that. It's unbelievable. I never would have thought. I mean, you surprised me with the cat, but you've blown me away with a bird doing the challenge. You know, I've seen, okay, yeah, I've seen a couple of cockatoo ones. I've not seen this one yet. And the disappears. like, what happened? He's losing his mind. He is. He like, he, he's hopping up and down and jumping around. And at first, on. he's just sitting there, and then suddenly his owner disappears, and his wings go out, and his crest goes up, and he's like, squawk, squawk, and he's <laughs> jumping around trying to find his owner. I can't believe it. I'm going to put this up on our social media, because I put up the cat one, and that's become our most popular... <laughs> <laughs> a popular tweet ever, would you believe? <laughs> Our listeners clearly why are cat is it, people. Why is, it that, why is it that cat videos are so popular? I don't know. I don't know. It's peculiar. I mean, sometimes I've caught myself watching cat videos. Yeah, yeah. It's irresistible for some reason. <laughs> like, why is that? Even I'm if a, you don't like I'm them. I'm a dog person and yet cat videos are just they're just funny creatures. Okay, check out this story, Lyle. You're going to love this story. Um, this is a story about some farmers. Um, <clears throat> uh, a young man called David... Uh, he his dad had owned a farm and um, they they had come into some hard hard times and mm-hmm. they had to sell the farm and uh, and so 
it got sold within a couple of weeks. It was all done. And then David then grew up. And now he's in his 20s and he, he really wanted to buy the farm back because the, the uh, their family has sort of been – it's sort of like they were missing a limb. So they had to move out of their farm. They had to move to the city and they've been hating it ever since. They've been going on for like, you know, over 10 years now, um, 10, 15, 20 years now. And, um, and they're just – they just, they just want to go back to the farm, but they can't afford it. And, uh, and David is now in his 20s and, uh, and he wants to buy the farm back for the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they discover that the farm is going up for auction, okay. their old farm. And so, uh, he, you know, he was trying to figure out how to get, like, you know, together a huge, <laughs> an extraordinarily large sum of money at very short notice. He gets together what he can and, uh, and they go to the auction house that night and um, – when they got in, they went in the door and their hearts just immediately sank because the place was packed with over 200 other farmers. Oh, wow. You know, and of course, because, you know. Oh, my. Yeah. And these were like, you know, millionaire, billionaire farmers, people who could outbid him and his family many times over. And, um, but they, everyone sort of knew, you know, who they were. Everyone, you know, because, you know, it's the farming community, small farming community. And, uh, and then the auction starts and, uh, and David sticks in his bid and nobody else said anything. Oh, you're joking. Isn't that so sweet? I get so emotional. Like the absolute silence of the whole room and none of these other farmers bid for this farm. It was so sweet. They just wanted to have this family get their farm back. I'm so sad. <laughs> and, and Mon is here. Um, she's Getting all emotional. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so the auctioneer keeps auctioning and keeps like trying to get people to auction for the farm and nobody says anything. Wow. So all these other like millionaire farmers. So this is, this is a small community and obviously – People from the community turned up because, you know, if, if an international buyer had turned up, they would have been like, oh, what's going on yeah. here? This is a good opportunity. Yeah. And they would have just started bidding because they would have had no idea. But obviously, that wasn't the situation and they were all here just to support the uh, the local family and to help them get their farm back. Yeah, and apparently, like, the family was well-loved in the community and so everyone had missed them when they left. So it wasn't just, you know, oh, let's be nice and give them their farm back. It was also like, we want them back home. We want these people to be reunited with us. I think that's why I'm crying because the, the theme of reunion is like one of the most emotional themes for me. Yeah. Anytime yeah, something yeah, gets sure. reunited on TV, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay. I'm and they brought them back to the community. I mean, that's yeah. just amazing. It's, what, 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 what an awesome story. There's still some, some great people in the world that can, you know, turn down a, an op- you know, because if nobody's bid, then obviously it's going for a uh, bargain price. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, you'd know, you, you, you think at that first bid, it's like, oh, that's pretty tempting. I, I, I might put up my hand and, and at least to have a crack at this but no yeah because no. they said they only had about two weeks to get the money together and they said they had like meticulous planning and creative thinking and sleepless nights so him and his dad could come up with you know the best number that they could manage to produce in, in cash to buy by their by their by their history back i suppose mm. because mm. you know a lot of a lot of farms they become um you know they become almost part of the family like i i know uh, several farming families in western australia where i grew up and uh and the street where the farm is on is named after their surname. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's part I, of the community. There's, you know, I went to school with uh, a Kelly, Joe, and a Kristen Leslie, and their farm was on Leslie Road. Yep. Yeah, and it had been in their family for generations. Sadly, I think this is maybe one of the reasons why this is so sad for me. The Leslies had to sell their farm as well and move to the city. So when I mm. read this story, I think about them how um, Mr. Leslie, he was just one of the most beautiful, lovely men. Him and his wife suddenly having to, you know, move from the country and they were such country people and then seeing them like cooped up in the city and I was like, oh, it's sad. Anyway. I grew up in this little town that um, was about a, a, you know, a two-horse town but there was this one road and there was a bunch of um, Seventh-day Adventists who lived on it. Oh, yeah. And they called it Seventh-day Road. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And it's still called Seventh-day Road. There's probably maybe one or two. 
Okay. And they're still down there in Let Glen, me tell Glen you some, Hewen, Tasmania. Let me tell you some really cool news. Okay, so a 23-year-old college student has come up with an ingenious way to take care of the plastic that doesn't get recycled. So, unfortunately, the most used type of plastic is the hardest to recycle, um, polyethylene. It's a, it's a cheap kind of plastic. It's the stuff that a clean, like clean wrap or ad wrap is made of, and uh, it only gets recycled less than 3% of the time, um, despite it being the most used one. And this is mostly because it's, you know, it's rejected from recycling plants because it's covered in dirt. And food and grime because you know mm-hmm, you know that's mm-hmm. how we use. Uh, that's the whole point of yeah. cling wrap mm-hmm. is it sticks to stuff. Yep, and stuff sticks to it. And so she's created an amazing way where she has uh, invented a method to break down this plastic film into valuable liquids. And uh, and would you believe her and her co-founder? Her name is. Um, uh, Miranda Wang and her friend Jenny Yao, they started this research in high school. Oh, wow. In high school. And uh, and then they decided to start their company when they graduated. And so they now have a company called BioCollection. And uh, it's a company that uses a chemical process to break down plastics and turn them into the, uh, an essential ingredient for nylon, which would otherwise use petroleum. So not only have they created like a method that creates um, an ingredient for nylon, but they've now stopped the use of petrol in the creation of nylon. So it's like a double whammy, double good points. And um, and so that these are like young Canadian researchers, and uh, and I'm just blown away because they're two young women. They're still in high, I mean, in college. They're fresh out of high school. They started this bio bioceutical chemical company that recycles mm-hmm, plastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's a top top story for uh, for girls in particular, <clears throat> and also just because you know so much of us, so many of us are trying to recycle plastic, but there are many plastics that just won't. We need to be make. A, we need to figure out a way of running cars on uh, recycled plastic. You know. Oh, that would be great. Maybe Munch we should call these girls up and be and like, "Hey, can you <laughs> figure out yeah. <laughs> munch it up and stick it in your tank?" <laughs> okay. Anyway, we have a song coming up. This is Jenny Camp with "Give Me Jesus." In the morning, when I rise In the morning, when I rise In the morning, when I rise Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Jesus, when I am alone, 
When I come to die Oh, when I come to die Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Good morning and welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon and I have another clue for you for our quiz. This is a What Book Am I quiz. We've already heard the first super weird clue. Actually, I might give it again because it's so weird. This book records a battle where the forest killed more people than the sword killed. Very hmm, interesting. Yeah. Do you know that story? I do know that story. Did, like, what happened? Did like, the forest start picking up swords and fighting <laughs> people or something? No, it was the forest beca- basically became what's called the force multiplier, where um, strategically, the uh, because the enemy was pushed into the forest, um, you had um, soldiers that became disorientated, <laughs> they lost their cohesion, uh, they lost their initiative, and as a result of that, the opposing side won a great victory. Oh, how about that? Mm. Mm, Very strategic. Okay, the second clue is a quote from this book. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. If you know where that verse is found, which book that's in, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669. We'll send you a prize if you get it right. I think I'm on it. Not 100%. I am 95%. 95% oh, We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. All right. So where are we up to? We are... T- okay. Mutant mosquitoes. We're going to talk about mutant mosquitoes this morning. I'm so Actually, intrigued by Before this. we talk about mutant mosquitoes, what is the most dangerous animal on the planet? Hippopotamus? No. Is it the mosquito? Singers? By far. Okay. Okay. I don't know. What it is the second obvious. most dangerous animal on the planet? Cats? No. Hippopotamus? No. Snake? No. Fly? No. 
humans. Humans. I, 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 just, I just saw my reflection in the window. I was like, it's you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so humans are uh, <clears throat> are um, responsible for uh, you know around about uh, half a million deaths per year. Uh-huh. You know, war, murder, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, Etc. And uh, mosquitoes are responsible for about one million deaths per year and seven hundred million people being infected each year. Wow. Yeah, so wow. this is the mosquito is by far the most dangerous animal on the planet. But what about the what about the suffering that humans bring on themselves? Like you know, uh, poor lifestyle and diet that leads to heart conditions. Yeah, well, that's that's another story, I guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. right there. But I think there's a really important object lesson in this mm-hmm. because often when we talk about sin and the you know, um, we often focus on the really big sins mm-hmm. uh, rather than looking at it's it's the little ones that actually get us. It's true. You know, it's the little ones that we think, oh, that's not so bad, and but it's still rebellion against God, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's still and it's still just as deadly when it comes to salvation. A little sin is just as deadly as a big sin. It may not have the same level of consequences here on this earth right now, but they all have the same consequences. But they're all separation mm-hmm. from God, and we should never take any sin lightly. Yeah, we have to remember <clears throat> that when we do a, a little sin, you know, it makes us more susceptible to doing bigger sins and bigger sins and bigger sins. Hmm. You know, there's that saying, if you give the devil an inch, you'll find he's taken you a mile. I remember my dad woke up one time in Africa with a mosquito on the inside of his mosquito oh. net. And, you know, only a small percentage of mosquitoes carry disease, and so he's quickly killed this mosquito and thinking, oh, yeah, you know, it's, chances are slim and how many times have been bitten by mosquitoes in the five years or so that he'd been in Africa, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it got him. Oh, yeah? Oh, absolutely. What it got him, get- malaria. Oh, no. Yep, yep, yep. Nasty, nasty little creatures. He survived, Anyway, right. scientists in Australia have just been experimenting um, with the yellow fever mosquito. They released in three locations in Queensland um, a, uh, a huge number, I think it was like 80,000 uh, mosquitoes. Wait, 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 wait. They released they them? Rele- they bred them and then they released them. Oh, so mercy. So these were all male mosquitoes. Oh, mercy. They infected them with a, um, a, a virus. Mm-hmm. Then they released them. Then they bred with females and the females that laid eggs laid infertile eggs and the mosquito population dropped by 80%. Oh, are you serious? I'm dead serious. So mutant mosquitoes. There wow. You go. That's the first time I've heard of like... <clears throat> scientists meddling and it not not working out badly. I mean, we still have yet to see the long-term repercussions of this. Well, they claim that the, that the uh, yellow fever mosquito is an exotic mosquito and it, it does nothing to improve the, uh, you know, the, the, the ecosystem. It, it adds nothing to the, to the uh, ecosystem and the world would be, be, simply be a better place without it. And I, mm. having slept in a room with buzzing mosquitoes, tend to agree. <laughs> Look, uh, mosquitoes are annoying as all get out. But the thing that I'm concerned about is that any time humans have tried to mess with an ecosystem, even if we thought we are doing something good, we usually end up doing something bad. And I'm concerned because you say that they, they said, oh, they don't add anything to the ecosystem. But the correct thing to say there is they haven't discovered Anything that they add to the ecosystem. Yeah, well, I haven't discovered it yet either. I'm yeah. quite happy to swat them when they're in my room in the middle of the night buzzing in my ear. Uh-huh, sure, sure. Well, well, we'll see how it goes. Earth can't last that much longer. So if it does get rid of mosquitoes for a while, good. But if not, we'll probably have something worse. But thankfully, Jesus is coming soon. But every time a mosquito buzzes in your ear, think of the object lesson about little sins rather than big ones. Because yes. we, we say, who's the most dangerous animal? Oh, the hippopotamus. Because he's big and he has a massive mouth and Huge he can teeth. take you with one One bite. chomp. Mm-hmm. One chomp uh, whereas he, the number of people killed by hippopotamus is absolutely minuscule, minuscule compared mm-hmm. to yeah 
The number of people that are killed by mosquitoes. Yeah, people aren't running around doing big sins. They're being waylaid and tripped up by little sins. Absolutely. Mm. And uh, particularly Christians need to be aware of that kind of a uh, thing. The second story I've got really looks at human nature. And, uh, um, you know, in the the last uh, month or so, we've had a couple of big stories about murder. Yeah. So we had the uh, comedian down in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Um, She was raped and murdered. And then we had uh, the two teenagers in Sydney that were murdered by their father. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when these stories were big, it was almost you couldn't switch your radio on without hearing uh, stories about, uh, you know, well, I was here during, of course, the uh, the Sydney one, and it was just all day for about mm-hmm. two days that mm-hmm. was just the only thing that was on the news it felt like. Mm-hmm. And I kept switching my radio off. Yeah. Because it's just like I don't want, I, you know, too much negativity is not a healthy thing. That's right. And so whenever that story came up, I just reach across and switch my radio off. But the interesting thing is, what about the three women who have been murdered since then? The... Exactly. Which ones? Because they haven't been reported. And one of them was just down the road here in Raymond Terrace. Are you serious? Yeah. And so the question comes up is, why is it that some of these hit the headlines and others don't? That's a good question. And so um, I've been doing some research and, uh, and, and looking at some research, actually, um, in relationship to what actually gets reported and what doesn't get reported. Because when I said, what about the other three women that have been murdered since those three teenagers? You were like... Uh, blank. Uh, blank. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's been no story there. And, uh, you know, there's been no research. There's been no mention. There's been no investigation. Um, and so why? Well, one of the reasons is that when the numbers are overwhelming, you only ever report on the high-profile ones. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because if you every day have a story about murder, people are going to get bored of, bored of hearing about it. Mm-hmm. And so then um, it almost seems like, you know, it sort of gives you the impression that you know, some people's lives are more valuable than others, which is probably not the case. And so just looking at what does it actually take or what, how, how, does, how do they choose which stories to report on and which not to report on, um, obviously they have to, um, you know, reduce the number of these kinds of stories that go to where, but they're chosen in relationship to the number of victims, uh, the age of the victims, the gruesomeness, mm. uh, the type of weapons involved, particularly if it's obviously guns because that's a political issue. Um, whether there are pictures available, whether there is eyewitness testimony available, the sex of the victims and the public profile of the victims. And so, you know, when you've got a a, um, a high-profile comedian um, who is murdered, obviously that's a news story that has to... Mm, that um, went through the roof, that yeah, story. Yeah, that went through the roof. And then when you get two young children, um, so you've got, you know, a m- multiple victims by their father, so there's a lot of in- emotion involved in it, um, in their home, in their beds, with guns, mm-hmm. um, this is a story that's going to be reported on. Whereas, um, you know, you get uh, you know, a local lady just down the road and you hardly hear anything about it and it just sort of disappears, you know, somewhere deep inside of a newspaper somewhere and, and, uh, and, and, and gets very little, little reporting except for maybe locally. It certainly doesn't get national reporting. So are you complaining that it should be – all deaths should be reported? No, that's not what I'm talking not, – not what I'm complaining about. Here's mm-hmm. my point. Mm-hmm. My point is this. This speaks to human nature. Mm. And it tells us a couple of things about human nature. One is that human nature very quickly becomes hardened to evil. Yep. The second is that 
human nature, we are only interested in the worst of the worst. Oh, it's true. We have a natural bent towards evil Mm -hmm. within us. Mm -hmm. And that's not a healthy thing. The Bible says that the human heart is desperately wicked above all things, and we need to recognize that. And that's why we need the power of Jesus Christ to come into our lives to change us so that we are not like that. And that's what he's promised to do. Anyway, this is Holly Star with Psalms 23. Welcome back, everybody. That was Holly Star with Psalms 23. And Mon, before we get into our interview, do we have another clue for our quiz? Yes. What book am I? The third clue is, 
I tell how Israel suffered three years of famine because of the wickedness of Saul and his household. Ooh, you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. It's 1-800-324-843. Okay, so give us a call if you know the answer to that question. Now, yesterday, Mon, we had a couple of young people here uh, that we were interviewing on the phone. Um, who were involved in literature evangelism. Mm, it was such a great interview. It was so inspiring. And two more from their team have joined oh, us on the phone this morning. Yes. So Renee and uh, Renee and I forgot, and Georgia. Renee and Georgia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. No, you're welcome. Hey, uh, just very quickly, for those who may have missed yesterday's interview, um, maybe Georgia, maybe you could tell us, what is literature evangelism? Okay, so literature evangelism, we know the word evangelism means about sharing Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Literature is sharing Jesus through literature, so books. Um, It's in a few different forms. We're a part of the Jumpstart team, which is going door to door. We don't have to go into people's homes, but we just meet them at the door and we share books about health, um, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, and just help people where we can with the literature. Now that's fantastic. It's a it's a great ministry ministry to be involved in, and something that I've done many many times over uh, my period of uh, d- during my period of ministry, and still continue to do on occasions when I get the opportunity. I think it's a, a, a just wonderful to be able to go out and meet people in the community and make all kinds of new friends. It's, uh, it's so much fun, and always an adventure. Now um, I know because I've done this that uh, you're, you there are always experiences and stories that take place. And so, um, yeah, I'm wondering whether you could share with us a, uh, a a couple of stories. Who wants to go first? Um, I think I'll go first. Okay. Um, so yesterday we were camping, and as okay, I so this is a this is a really recent story then. Yes, yes, it was just yesterday. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so um, we were camping. I was walking from door to door, and I was really slight and just discouraged. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, three weeks have been great. It's time to go home. <laughs> I'm comfort zone, not just physically, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Um, and I remember walking up to one door and I was like, okay, God, you're going to have to do something. And I knocked on the door and a woman opened the door and um, she was surprised. I said, hi, my name is Renee. I'm here to do some health work. And I showed her our health books and, um, I showed her the stress and anxiety book and she was really interested in that. And I said, you know, a lot of people say, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. But um, we like to show this book because a lot of people know someone experiencing stress and anxiety. So sure. um, she's really interested in that one. And she said, you know what? My, my friend is going through a lot of stress. She's with me right now. She just got kicked out of her house. Um, I'm taking care of her. And a, a thought came in my mind. And just one word and it was peace. And so we have a book called Peace Above the Storm. So I grabbed that book out of my bag and he handed it to her and I said, listen, this book, Peace Above the Storm, can help you find war- um, freedom from worry, guilt and fear. Um, and it helps you know Jesus. And she was like, this is what I needed. And she said, hold on, I'll go get some money. And as she was turning around and getting, um, you know, going into her house, she invited me in, but she said, you know, the angels must have sent you. And oh, wow. I almost cried that. 
And um, just reminded me of worship this morning. You know, the angel of the Lord goes with us. Although we seemingly go door to door alone, we are not alone. We go with the angel of the Lord. We go with Jesus in our heart, with the Holy Spirit, um, and, and we're surrounded by angels. And um, I was able to pray with her and pray for peace over her household, over her and her friends. And um, just the look on her face, I'll never forget. So, oh, praise God for that divine appointment. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's, 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 that's truly amazing. And uh, to be able to have... You know, stories like this on a regular occasion is is just a uh, an experience that so few people get. I know that um, you know there's you've got to knock on quite a few doors be- between those kind of experiences. But yeah. um, the one thing I love about hanging around with literature evangelism or doing literature evangelism or being amongst a team is that uh, these kinds of stories, these kinds of divine appointments, are a daily occurrence. And uh, so if you're listening today and, and, and this is something you're interested in, we're going to have some details up on our uh, Facebook, on our social media where, uh, yeah, maybe you could get in contact with the team and and be um, and have some of these kinds of experiences for yourself. Uh, Georgia, how has your experience been going? Have you got a story that you'd like to share with us? I do. I have a story. Um, and really there are so many stories like you were saying. And it's amazing how God still does miracles today. You know, sometimes we um, we think, you know, where is God working today? But in literature ministry, you really get to see those miracles still happening day by day. Um, actually, one of my favorite authors talks about if we want to walk with Jesus and see the miracles that, you know, people often go overseas to Jerusalem, the Holy Land, but we need only go where the people are, where there's need. Ask Him to be with us and we will see Him work. And I just wanted to share... Can I butt in for a second? You know, one yeah, of the reasons sure. one of the reasons I think that we don't see so many miracles today is because we don't put ourselves out there in an environment where we allow God to work. But when you do literature evangelism, you're certainly putting yourself right out there where God can do miracles. But yeah, anyway, um, please share your story. Yes, thank you. Um, there's just a few, you know, so many. Um, just every time you pray with someone and you see a face change, you see a little tear and you know that that's something that has changed their life, and it's such a small thing. Um, I had one experience with a young mum who came to the door quite tired and drained looking, and um, I was canvassing the books to her. She said, look, I don't really read much. Um, yeah, I just don't really read. Um, but I showed her one book that had you know, quite a lot of images and diagrams, a health book, and um, she... She said, yeah, I, I know I need to get my health in order, but um, um, I said to her, would you, would you like to, you know, start that now? You know, you can make that change now. Um, and that kind of was a new thing to her that, oh, yeah, I could actually get some hope. Um, and um, she, I also showed her another book we have called The Ministry of Healing. And I mentioned to her that it says in the book um, that it shows the, the greatest healer who's ever lived is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she actually was not open to that. She said, look, I don't really believe in Jesus. Um, but um, this particular day was my birthday, and she was interested in the other health book. And I said to her, look, today's my birthday, and just to thank God for 23 years of life, I wanted to you know, offer him back something. Because he cares for people, I want to give something back and give something to people that he cares for. So I would like to just give this book to you. And um, I gave her a coloring in book for her son as well. Mm, and nice. um, I asked after that. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're doing this backwards, aren't you? 
Um, Georgia? Yes. <laughs> uh, isn't birthday when you're supposed to get gifts? What made you make a decision to, uh, to do it backwards and like, oh, my birthday, I'm going to give gifts? Well, um, I actually um, you know, read about the Israelites. When they had birthdays, they would offer a Thanksgiving sacrifice to God. And um, I wanted to experience the greatest gift um, that we could have, which is to become more like God. And he's a giver. So I just wanted to, um, as my birthday thank you to God, because he's the one who gives me life, um, I wanted to say a thank you and you know, be, be using um, what I have to give back to him. That's and fantastic. Jesus said, at least of these, you've done it unto me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I just want—I just had to—I uh, just had to ask that question because um, that—that's that's great. And maybe we should start the uh, George's birthday challenge here on Faith FM. I like it. Yeah. And uh, and find somebody that you can give a gift to you to on your birthday that is something that we're blessing for them. But anyway, Georgia, continue with your story. Uh, just um, coming to the close of that story. Just that you know she wasn't spiritually open, but I asked before leaving, would you be open for me to pray with you? And she said, that's okay. I prayed with her, and I prayed, you know, that God would really able be able to help her now that she has books that can help her with her health. And um, the miracle that I saw when I, you know, she came to the door very tired, bothered looking, but when we opened our eyes after I'd prayed with her, her face shone. I could see she had totally changed, and I know that God had done a miracle in her heart. The name of Jesus had been spoken, and she may not have been spiritually open then, but now she is open to the name of Jesus because mm. of the encounter. Yeah, and I can tell you, she's open to the name. Of, she's open to uh, who Jesus is because she has seen Jesus in yeah. somebody else, and that's what we need to be doing, isn't it? Is going out and showing people um, who mm. Jesus is. Uh, fantastic, mm. yeah. Renee, I might flick back over to you. Do you have a uh, another story that you could share with us there? Um. Yes. Oh, yes, I do. Um, so this is another day that I was, I just did not want to canvas. Um, <laughs> You've had a few of those days by the sounds of it, Renee. <laughs> oh, almost every day. But it's only <laughs> challenging. It's, it's challenging and um, God has been good. It's changing me. So praise God. Um, yeah. So yeah, at this time I was with another friend um, canvassing and she was like, come on, Renee, you know, people are out there dying for the, for the want of the gospel. And I was like, whoa. All right, all right, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so we locked some doors, and uh, we came across another elderly lady, and she opened the door, and I showed her the health book. She's like, oh, no, it's okay, I'm healthy. We're like, oh, well, um, are you interested in spiritual things? And I showed her peace above the storm, and she just shut down. She just said, no, there is no peace in this world. There is no hope. And it was just so sad to see someone who had no hope and mm. raised as uh, a Christian all my life, we have this hope in Jesus, yeah, you know, we yeah. know that we'll eventually, um, you know, get better. Um, but she had no hope for the future, and I, I was so struck, struck by that. And my friend, my friend, like, she nudged me, she was like, give her the great controversy, give her the great controversy. And um, that, that's a great book which gives hope for the future. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, you know, God gave me the courage to hand her the book. And I, I told her about the book and I said, listen, this book will give you hope for the future. It will show you, it will show you Jesus and it's just a great book. And um, her face changed and she was like, you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. I'm going to check it out. Um, and so she took it and uh, yeah, I was just like, whoa, this was someone who I thought was so closed 
to, to it. And, and like Georgia said, you know, we meet people who we think would never buy a book from us. But um, to see her, her take it, and I, I still pray for her to this day. And, yeah. mm. It's it's exciting to see to see people's faces and their and their countenance change when you know the Holy Spirit begins to work in their life. I know that um, you know one of the things that I've seen so many times over in literature ministry is, um, and I had to learn the art of multitasking is you know pray and talk at the same time. And you know they come to the door and they're like, oh, what's this all about? And then their face just yep. starts to soften as they realize, or as the Holy Spirit just starts to work on them. Now, um, <clears throat> Renee, I've just my producer's been typing these words across my uh, my screen while we've been talking, and apparently, I need to ask you how it was that you came to actually be doing literature evangelism at the moment. <laughs> well, um, it was this young gentleman uh, at Avondale College. You may know him, Harley. Yeah, I might know Harley. <laughs> That'd be my son. <laughs> <laughs> Harley um, is a good. Uh, I met him this year. He's a good friend of mine, uh, um, and he he was talking about it, and uh, he said, you know, this will help you. This will help you develop your character. And I was like, that's what I'm looking for. I want an experience with God. Count me in. Um, I didn't realize this was a hard character development. Um, <laughs> but it, it, um, I w- I do not regret it, and. Um, yeah, so that was Harley's work. Wasn't it? <laughs> okay, so you say you don't regret it. Does that mean that your character has been developed as a result of uh, doing literature work? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't completely not change. So. And uh, would, you, would you recommend this to oh. others? Sorry? <laughs> would you recommend others to be involved in this kind of work? Absolutely. I was someone who, when I heard the Ellie's tell their stories, the literature evangelists, I was like, oh, that's nice, but I would never do that. <laughs> Yet here I am, and I praise God for that. So and, uh, and and how long have you been doing it for now? <laughs> Sorry? How long have you been doing it for now? Um, This is my first time, so just three weeks. Three weeks, and how many weeks to go? Two more. <laughs> Two more weeks to go, so there you go. Um. Five weeks of literature evangelism and a, a life-changing experience there. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We've really appreciated your stories. You're welcome. Thank you. And God bless you and your work. We'll be praying for you. And we'll be posting up on our social media uh, some links so that you can experience mm-hmm. these kinds of uh, um, experiences yourself and the same kind of character development and uh, and see God work and see divine appoints t- appointments taking place. Yeah, I actually posted up yesterday so you can scroll through uh, any of our feeds and any of our social platforms. A couple platforms. more links to go today. Yeah, oh, a couple more, yeah, yeah, and you can click on the website and call the number if you want more information um, for yourself or for someone else who's maybe interested in doing a little bit of literature evangelism. We're going to have a song now. This is Grego Pillay with Brighter Days. Yeah. 
forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. What's keeping you up at night? Your family? Your friends? Maybe your future? This weekend, Hamilton Adventist Church is hosting presentations on hot topics of climate change, the economy, and living a purpose-filled life. And we want you to join us in sharing your thoughts through roundtable discussion. Discover hope right here at Hamilton Adventist Church beginning 7 p.m. Friday, July 6. For more info, call 0466-693-095 or visit discoverhopeseries.com. See you there. It speaks, I know how it treats me I know it's touch and I need it so much I know it's smile, I know the look in its eyes I know that it's patient, I know that it's kind So when I'm deprived, I get tired I think that's just the way I feel wired I know it believes, I know the hope that it sees I know it will give its life for me I know its voice and what is lovely to me Though nothing's stronger, it sounds like a melody to Faith FM, positively different radio. 